And we're on. Welcome back to another podcast from Nobody Cares About Dad, as ever, joined by my co-host, Martin. Martin, how you doing? I'm good, Matt, just rocking out to the theme tune. I know, yeah, it's been new, new and updated, actually. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, man. it's quite a catchy song, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It? It yeah. yeah, I'm going to just keep it playing, just forget us talking, just keep the music. Yeah, just, just, just dancing in the background. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how you doing, mate? Are you good? All good, mate, all good. Yourself? Uh, I must admit, I'm 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 better. I'm um, obviously the last time we spoke, I was in the in the midst of having COVID and looking a little bit paler. But I've, I've actually got a bit of light back in, me, of colour back in me today. A little bit of facial hair. Yeah, the voice is still a bit is a bit off. But um, my mum messaged that, me actually, and she went, "I don't like Marco without facial hair. Tell him to grow yeah, up. Jade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, um, yeah, look. Uh, Back on with a, I think we're back rolling with the podcast again. We we took a little bit of time off at the start of year, start of the year, a little bit yeah. of a change in lineup and yeah, uh, lineup design, just a just a little bit of a refresh. Yeah, and uh, we're back, we're back with regular podcasts back again. But this week we are joined all the way from Australia by Jason. So let me bring Jason on. Jason, how are you, gentlemen? How are we? All Fantastic! Good, mate. All Fantastic! Good. I will be once I finish this coffee because, like we were just saying off air, it's very early. Actually, it's not very early. It's nine o'clock in the morning. That's not very early um, for us. Uh, but it depends but, yeah. on the night you had before, mate. Yeah. Well, um, obviously, the, my days of partying and drinking are way way past me now. It's uh, little little kids that keep me kids. One little kid that keeps me up. I feel uh, you, mate. I understand. Yeah, yeah. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, but look, Jason, um, appreciate you coming on. We, you mess, we, we connected via Matchmaker FM, um, which my wife still thinks is a dating site. <laughs> 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 Sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I remember the first time I told her, I said, oh, I've got this guest coming on from Matchmaker FM. She was like, what? <laughs> it a, yeah, it's, it's a podcasting dating site. Uh, um, you had to, to respond really quickly to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, we connected via Matchmaker, um, and I, I was a little slow actually coming back to you because I, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm really slack with with getting back to people on that. And actually, opened I opened it up, showed Martin the other day, and I had like 40 messages that I needed to get back to. I was like, oh my god, this is a full time job in itself. But no, but when I saw your story and clicked on your profile, I was yeah super keen to have you on and explore uh, explore your situation um, and what you're doing with Super T because I think it's a great cause and it's and it's actually one that me and Martin were literally just talking about and we'd like to try and get behind it as best we can. Yeah, um, so um, yeah. so look, Jason, on this podcast, one of the things we do at the uh, at the start is we talk about. Going back to your childhood, what was your relationship like with your father growing up um, and then moving into yours and you're having a child yourself? Yeah, yeah. And that's a good question. I don't think everyone, anyone's ever asked me that. So um, I'll try not to get too deep, but uh, I'll keep it brief. Uh, so I'm, yeah, I, I, I'm one of four um, kids in the, in the family. Uh, my mum is from the UK and my dad, he was originally born in Greece. And they both somehow ended up back uh, in, in Australia. Uh, that's where we were born and raised. My dad, um, he worked a lot, still owns his own business, so we hardly see him. So not much has changed since uh, okay. since the childhood days. 
would have loved to have him around more, but you know, that, that, that was the nature of, of, of the way things were. Yeah. Um, he just didn't want to work for anyone and wanted to, to run his own business. And as we know, for those out there that are business owners, it's kind of like having another child. You've got to attend to it all the time. Um, it, it does take up a lot of energy and time, but it usually means there's a bit of a balancing act between time dedicated towards trying to grow your business and yeah. uh, trying to be a dad or try and be there for your kids. Um, he was there, but it, you know, it's hard to, to, to spread attention to four kids, isn't it? Mm. So, um, yeah, you know, my mum being, um, from the UK originally didn't have any family, didn't have much friends. She didn't have any family actually over. So it was a very interesting household. Friends sort of substituted family. Um, we moved around a bit from one area to the other. So, yeah, I, look, I, I think I was, I was very lucky in some aspects, very unlucky in others. Um, but I think the main thing is that they got me to adulthood sane and I didn't go to jail or stayed away from drugs. Um, didn't really get into anything, you know, that, that bad. So I think, I think overall, man, they, they did a good job. I think if I was able to get my kids, especially my kids to keep them alive and get them to adulthood, I consider that a win. Yeah. Do you know, it's funny. I wrote, I wrote in a blog recently about that and it's, I wrote about how, you know, everyone wants to give you advice on parenting and you should do this, you should do that. But it's so different because every kid is so different. And I think I wrote something along the lines of, you know, as long as he's alive by the time he's 18, then I've done, I've done, the, I've done my job. <laughs> yeah, especially for the dads out there who have boys. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we yeah. all know. See, I know like this. I've, got, I've got two girls. Ah, uh, your girl dad, yes. Uh, so so I, I, I've got it quite easy at the moment, I think. But I know that when they're older, that's when my life's going to change. Yeah. So I reckon so, you know a lot of Disney songs then, Martin. Oh, man, I could sing you the whole <laughs> Frozen soundtrack. <laughs> love it, love it. Nah, you, it was good, mate. It was good. J Jason, do you, think, do you think your dad being... And I, 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 there's a reason why I ask you this, but do you think the reason... Um, you, you know, your dad being distant, I don't say distant, but you like how you described it growing up. Do you think that informed the way that you wanted to parent yeah. when when you grew up? Yeah, good, mate. That's a very good question. Um, you know, w when you're young, you, your dad, your parents, they're like they're like celebrities to you. Hey, you just want them around all the time, especially when, you, when you've got brothers and sisters, siblings, you know, you're competing for attention. You just... You, you just want your, your parents around, especially when, when you're, you're, you're very young. And then as you go, grow older, you're kind of at things by yourself. Um, but yeah, I, I think one of the lessons that I've learned being brought up in my household was I want to be more involved with my kids. Yeah. So, it's you, you know, I don't, I don't think I've had the type of conversations or certainly the, the type of conversations that I have with my kids. I don't, I don't think I've ever had those conversations no. with my dad. No, um, it's really interesting, isn't it? When you, when you ask that, and I think about it, it's like, yeah, it's um, I, I'm really I'm really interested to know how my um my son and my daughters are doing, uh, how was their day, yeah, you know, what's it like for them at school, trying to f help them find their passion and in, in things, what what are their hobbies, um, yeah, it's you, you learn things either way, be it good or bad, I think. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? And it's and I think it was definitely a generational thing from our our parents yeah. because I think in the and I, I said this on a, I was on so I guessed it on somebody else's podcast on Friday night and I had this you asking the same sort of thing and I think um, the seventies eighties men were just bred differently, weren't they? Like, they grew up you know, when they came to work, they went to the pub, like, that, that was their job, sort of thing. Mum raised the kids. Yes. Made sure that they did everything. Dad paid the bills, did all that sort of stuff. But we're we're less emotionally involved. And I think as we've as we've all grown up, we've we've maybe looked at that and we've subconsciously thought we don't want that for our kids. We want to have a better relationship. Like you said, we want to be more involved. We ask more questions. Um, I'm really interested how Leo's day was at nursery. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. it, it's really important to me to ask him those questions. So yeah, I think it's I think it's definitely a generational thing. In times have changed we are now as men more emotionally available for our children i think yeah I, I i agree i think one of the one of the the things that i would love for my kids to be able to do very well is to express their their feelings their fears their concerns especially when you when you come to learn about the background that we went through as a family with my daughter um the aftermath of that having a child that battling cancer and the fear that is mustered or, or created from not wanting to ever go back to hospital yeah um to try and develop that relationship of trust especially when you're a parent of a sick child where they're reaching out to you asking for your help to save them from these people that are scaring her yeah and you can't do that and it sort of breaks that that barrier of trust is like you're my dad you're supposed to you're supposed to save me from them and you you're not and she was too young to understand that. Of course. I, I actually had to let that happen so that we could still have her today. Yeah. Um, these are the sort of things that go through my mind, and that's why it's quite important for me to make sure that my kids feel comfortable to tell me everything. And, and it's hard, man. It's hard because they don't want to get in trouble. But you've got to have that level of discipline and trust, and it's a fine balance, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Jason, how many kids do you have? So I'm a father of three now. My eldest, who's Angela, she's okay. she's uh, she's going to be ten this year. My uh, middle child, Teo, who's uh, he's my boy. He's seven, and then I've got uh, the the ringleader, my 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 youngest daughter. <laughs> she's the boss. She is man. She's uh, she's three years old. If we as a family decide to go right and she goes left, guess where we're all going, man. We're going <laughs> left. So. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah. why when you say you're not sleeping well, I I feel you, man. I I understand. <laughs> I feel your pain. Yeah. Well, one, one of the things we always like to ask dads is, um, so going back to the first, your first, your first child, Angela. Um, do you do you remember that when you got the news that you were going to be a dad, and what was the reaction like to that? Absolutely. Yeah. Again something that a lot of people, a lot of dads don't often talk about, about. That's a great question. So Angela, we actually had Angela um, with the help of IVF. Uh, the first round uh, didn't work out, unfortunately. And for those, well, I mean, certainly at the time that we were doing it, um, it was, it was terribly expensive. Mm. So I remember we had to draw some funds out of our, our, our mortgage because we just wanted to be parents so bad. And, and the reason why we wanted to be parents was because we lost twins before then. Uh, um, 
that unfortunately it, it, it didn't happen. So for us, we just, we had that moment of elation where it's kind of like, we're going to be parents, not to one, but to two. And then to, to realize it didn't work out and then have to deal with that pain and suffering. But we just wanted that feeling again of being a parent and to go through one round, which didn't work out. And then the second time when I remember we, we that we were like, okay, well, what are we going to do? Let's go to the beach. We're in Australia. Beach is bloody <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> so, um, and we can do that here in Australia. <laughs> yeah. um, we went to the beach and then we got the phone call. And I just, I, I, I knew from the reaction of my partner's um, face that when she, she answered the phone, I mean, I, I, I ran into that water just out of excitement. Like I just <laughs> took a dive in and I was like, I'm going to be a dad again. And then to, to, to have that moment happen, it's, it's interesting. Um, it's probably the only time you'll cry when you hear your child scream. Every other time, <laughs> you're not going to cry. <laughs> you kind of want that, that screaming to stop. But it's mm. the one time you hear that, 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 that cry um, of your child for the very first time. And it's, it's the best feeling ever. Oh, yeah. I blubbered like a baby on both of the births of my children. Yeah. Full on cried. My and I agree that scream. You just like that yeah. pause, and then it and you like yes, yes. The emotion mm. comes over. Yeah, but I'm getting I, flashbacks, Martin. I can see. Yeah. <laughs> You're having flashbacks now. Oh yeah. yeah <laughs> How did you with obviously with with you know, and, and sorry to hear um, and, and obviously talk about obviously losing the twins. How did you yeah. find that? Did you find that impacted your excitement around the the pregnancy? Did you find it, it made you more cautious and, and concerned and nervous? Or did you did you manage to put it to the side and go, do you know what? We can't think about it. How did that? So we have to go a little bit deep here. Um, when I say, when, when I say that we lost them, the situation is I have a, um, a, a genetic, um, I, I want to say abnormality. It's something that's in, inherited from my father's side. It's called, um, thalassemia. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's, it's predominant in the Mediterranean area. And, the thing is, if you are a person that has this gene, this thalassemia gene in your in your in your blood, and you were to meet someone, a partner who also has thalassemia, there's a 25% chance that your child would develop something called thalassemia major, which is this child's going to have to survive off blood transfusions and be in severe pain, and it's just constant. It's constant suffering, and the life expectancy isn't that great. So we found out both twins had that. So wow. when you think about the odds, yeah, one in four for one, one in four for the other, two separate placentas, we we felt robbed. And um, the, the, the medical team there said, look, um, we would advise our suggestion to you would be um, to terminate because um, – It'll be, it, it, it will cause less suffering for them. 
And uh, you know when you see for the very first time little hands move and mm. that on that. Yeah, I mean, look, I ho- hopefully people that are watching this, that I, I apologize if, I'm, if you find this very upsetting, but we, we felt it was the toughest decision, man, to ever make. Like, I, I we, it really rocked us to make that sort of decision. Yeah. Um, so when you say to me, how did we feel when the second pregnancy came along? We were scared shitless. Like, can imagine. Worry, fear has been a it's 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 been like a uh, a shadow of of mine that has accompanied me for so many years of my life. You can tell by the uh, the loss of my hair through um, like it's really impacted me mentally, uh, physically, my inability to sleep. It's because there, there is that area or that sphere that we can deal with as men, as dads. I can fix this. Yeah. And then there is that stuff outside that happens, which you can't do nothing about. Mm. And that is kind of where it really stuffs us up. It really impacts us. Yeah. So, man. yeah. Yeah. All, all three children, we were... Uh, yeah, until until we had the the, the results back that the, the children were safe, it was yeah, it was sleepless nights. It was a lot of stress. Yeah, yeah. And, and do you remember the do you remember the birth of Angela? Do you remember that day? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. How, what was that like? like? The, the the chubbiest, like her cheeks, man. I just remember seeing like <laughs> her cheeks, um, and. You just, yeah, you just like that's it. I'm, I'm, it's not about me anymore. I don't care about myself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everything you just you want to give to this little thing, you know, that yeah. has has given you now meaning. Like your your everything that you found important in your life before then, from the moment you hear that cry, like you were saying, Martin, that's it. My, my life is for for this little thing here, this this, this little bundle um, of joy. So yeah, it's it, it's strange how it happens. Hey, you go automatically into dad mode. It's kind of like yeah. there you are, you're knighted. You're now a you're now a dad. But it's so yeah. it's it's funny, isn't it? Because, uh, it? Like, how do you describe that to someone who isn't a dad? Because I I find that really difficult to describe that that feeling, that emotion. Because I've got I've got a friend, and I, I, I've mentioned this story a couple of times, so I won't talk, go on it too much. But um, I've got a friend who I went out I went out to. Um, I went out for a meal with him and my little lad when my little lad was one. And he was he was looking over the table at me and he was like, Do you love him? So I was like, Yeah. And he's like, Why? And I said, <laughs> And he went, But what's he done? Like, why do you you just couldn't comprehend like why you would just love instantly love a child? Um, it's not even just a love. It's no, you you'd do anything. Mm. That's it. You'd take a bullet. You, I remember, you know, like when he was in the first two weeks. Obviously, in in the UK, I don't know what it's like in Australia, but in in the UK, you get the first two weeks off as a man, um, which is a, a, a appalling. My life. Well, um, changed, that has changed now, hasn't it? You can apply for longer. Can you? Yeah, I'm sure. It? Um, well, I know you can split. You can split it, can't you, between you and your wife? But you never yeah. do that. Um, yeah, maybe, yeah. Anyway, so I remember like being sat with him. You know, he's about he's about 
this big in the first two weeks. And I just sat on my lap. And I remember just looking at him thinking, I, kept, I just kept coming out of it. I go, I fucking love you. Like, just looking at him, like, <laughs> Did you say that exactly? Yeah, I, I, just, I just sit there looking at him going, I fucking love you, mate. Like, I, I, it was just weird. Like, I, couldn't, See, I, was, I remember the first time my little one came home, I shit myself. Yeah, mm. I was, safe for a few days because, um, like breastfeeding, my, my first meal I wouldn't breastfeed, and you know your wife's supposed to do that, right? Say again. You know your wife's supposed to do that. Oh, oh, well, these are <laughs> and um, she came home and she was like, "I need sleep." And she was like, and I was like, "Do you know what? You go to sleep. I'll, I'll do." It. And I remember just laying there, looking over uh, in the Moses basket, like. Are you breathing? Mm. Like under the note, little nudge, just to make sure they moved. I was just like, just the rest I of my that. life now. Am I like this forever? Am I going to be worrying constant? And then it just dawns on you and you're like, shit. Mate, I, I was mental. I, I'm a I'm a bit of a, uh, uh, my missus, my missus and her family called me the gadget man because I've got that everything, you know. Like I've got the the Ray Ban stories, I've got the Apple Watch, I've got I got everything, like every little gadget. So when the kid, when the little lad came, we had like the the electronic blanket so he could check his temperature and had the infrared cameras. But then I would still be doing. Is he all right? <laughs> yeah. Give that little uh, basket a rock just to hear a sound or something yeah i I still do it now so now he's he's nearly four and i'll come upstairs um to go to bed it'd be like that and i'll just i'll just go in just to make sure he's snoring or whatever i I do still just go in and check on him have you ever done it where you've gone i'm not gonna check no (laughs) no i'm not gonna check get into bed and then like two minutes later you're like i've got you can i i have to check (laughs) don't check You can't sleep otherwise. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, I thought it was only me. I thought that was, I I was the only person that did that. (laughs) Uh, Jason, so look, moving on to, I suppose, it's probably the most difficult part of this conversation is going to be is so uh, at, was it one Angela was diagnosed? Yeah. yeah. So talk to us about that. Where, what what did you start to notice? Um, and what sort of happened from there? Yeah, so uh, Angela was her first birthday. And uh, all other times, guys, she is like an energizer bunny. She's just full of energy. I wish I had that level of energy. Like she would wear me out. Uh, she just wanted to play all the time. Um, she was she was just she was just a happy, bubbly little little girl. And then I, I just remember it was around the, her first birthday. She started looking pale. She didn't want to eat. She uh, wanted to nap all the time. Like she she looked like she just wanted to sleep all the time. So we would let her nap. And then I, I remember one day. I said to my partner, let her nap as long as she wants. Let's just see how long she naps. She slept for like five hours during the day. Um, and she, anytime that we did our best to make her eat, she would bring it up. And she didn't want to play at all. She just wanted cuddles. Something was up. So mm. we went to our doctor and one doctor said, look, it might be a bug. Um, let's see how it goes. Um, check her temp. Her temp was erratic. Sometimes it was fine. Other times she had a fever and then it went back to, to normal again. So something wasn't right. 
another doctor because I just on that type of person I like to get a few people's opinions, especially when it comes to health. And uh, another doctor said it was teething, which I just thought was absolute BS. And then by the time we went to the third doctor, a doctor that we never went to before, checked Angela out and he said, look, she looks severely dehydrated. Take her straight to the children's hospital. My partner, she calls me. She goes, um, hey, we've got to take Angela to, to the hospital. The doctor said that she's, she, she's not well and she's severely dehydrated. I'm taking her to emergency now. Can you leave work? I said, yeah, for sure. So we went there. And, we, you know, when we're in emergency, we just thought, okay, maybe she's got a real nasty bug. We're going to find out. So they're going to do a blood test on her, find out what she's got, give her antibiotics. We'll be home tomorrow. I'm, geez, I'm so tired from work. Nah, it took them four days, four days of testing, and they tested absolutely everything. And I just remember being so exhausted from the lack of sleep, from the worry, from the constant interruptions of um, you just can't sleep well in a hospital because the nurses, they come and do their rounds, they come and do yeah. their checks, a new doc comes uh, onto the ward, um, they want to do an another test. And because she was getting so progressively unwell, time was of the essence. On the fourth day, the evening of the fourth day, they took us into a room and um, it was the slowest four days ever. I just kept asking them, do we know what's wrong with her? Uh, we're still testing. On the fourth day, they sat us down and they, they looked me in the eye and they said, we know what's wrong with her. She has Langerhang cell histiocytosis. Never heard of that before. And just as you're looking at me, I was looking back at them thinking, okay, is that like, okay, is that you give me a pill, you give, give me some medicine, we go home now? They said, no, it's like, it's, it's a rare form of cancer. And when you hear that word cancer, yeah, yeah, it was like the first thing I did, I looked at my partner, she looked at me, she grabbed my hand. Um, and it was like a smack in the face. It's like, you're just not prepared for that. And it was just quiet for a little bit. And I, I had to ask the question. I said, well, how bad is it? I said, look, we've done tests. She's got tumors all over her little body. And like, and I, uh, what do you say? Mm. So I, I had to ask that question that every dad wants to know because I just, I had to be the strong one. Yeah, And I was just looking for some hope. So I said, um, what are her chances of beating it? And they said, look, we've seen kids. This She's got quite a fight in front of her. And um, based on what we've seen like with kids like this before, she's got, she's got about a 20% chance of survival. Interpret that as you want, dads, because you could either – Look at it as there's an 80% chance I'm going to lose my little girl. And you know at that one-year-old age, your your little one's one, did you say, Marco? No, he's he's nearly four. He's nearly four. Okay. Yeah. That one-year-old, which I've got to say, between the ages of one and five, that I love that age range because mm. it's the, the, the most fun, most lovable age, you know. Um, and with you gentlemen knowing what happened to my partner and I before with the twins – I just, I, I couldn't lose another one. I couldn't. Yeah. So 
they left the room, the family came in, we told them in the news, and I just needed something to look forward to, something good, something positive. So I made a promise to my daughter. I said, and obviously she's young, she's got no idea what I'm saying, but I said, the moment we're allowed to leave this hospital, I'm taking you straight to Disneyland. And the second promise I made was, I'm going to find a way. I don't know how, but I'm going to find a way to keep this invisible monster away. That's the name we gave it, the invisible monster. Yeah. What followed was nearly three years, nearly three years of treatment. They tried her on a new type of protocol. Um, the, you know, the more advanced the cancer is, the more open they are to trying different things because, hey, all bits are off, man. Let's... Yeah. It's swing and let's see if we hit something. Um, she went on the protocol. It started to respond well. And then she relapsed. And that's one word you never want to hear when it comes to cancer, relapse. Uh, for anyone out there that's that's going through something, I really apologize if this is triggering you. Um, because the, the, the fear about this is you've gone through a, a course of chemo. And chemo is a bit like trying to turn your body's immune system on and off like you turn on a computer, turn it off and turn it on. So she had no immune system and then the cancer came back with a vengeance. So the only, only, only alternative now is the harshest chemo that we can give her, the type that makes you lose your hair, the reactions, the, 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 the easier it is for infections, the life-threatening stuff, the real scary stuff. Yeah. Um, but man, she she did it. You know, like anything that could go wrong went wrong for this little girl with reactions and infections. Like every weekend, we we learned not to plan to do anything on the weekend because she would get a bug of some sort on a on a Friday. We would spend the weekend, sometimes till Monday or Tuesday. She'll recover. We'll go home, and going home felt like a holiday for us. And yeah. then we'll be back the next weekend with an, with her fighting a new bug. And it went like that for a couple of years. And uh, I noticed when she was in hospital, for me as a dad, what am I going to do to help my little girl? You know, I felt so completely useless in the whole situation. I'm, I'm this little girl's protector. I'm her provider. You know, I'm... I'm the one that she's reaching out for. So I have to be the strong one here. I insisted I take her in for every surgery, for every needle, you know. I held her hand for every needle jab, that scream that we fear from hearing from our kids of pain. Hmm. You don't want to hear it. I, I had to do it. It had to be me because what else could I do? And then I thought, you know, I've got, to, I've got to find something to do to help her. I'm ringside in this. I can't get in the fight with her. I've got to figure out something. I'm a tradie. I'm a construction worker. You know, what am I going to do? I'm dumb. You know, no offense to the tradies. Situation. <laughs> I'm an idiot in this situation. I can't do nothing. And I just remembered like that, that period of, of wrestling in my mind that us dads know all so well. It's kind of like you're useless, you're dumb, you're no good, you you crap at this. Those conversations, those demons in in our head that we that we struggle with all the time. And then I just I, I was like, okay, what can I do? What can I do? What's the best thing I can do? 
it doesn't matter how many marathons I run or or, or sausage sizzles I do. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to come up with enough money for a cure. It costs mm. about a billion dollars to come up with a drug. I'm not going to do that. What can I do? Now, I noticed that with Angela and a lot of kids like her on the cancer ward, she would have something called a central line, which is a tube that comes out of her skin and it's connected to the machine. It's plugged in. And this is where they administer the chemo because it's it's just shy of your heart. And that's where the, the chemo goes in, hits your heart, goes all over your body. Um, she had an IV drip. She had a heart monitor. She had all these wires and tubes. And the one thing I could control was her hygiene. Can I keep her as clean as possible? But Jesus was hard to change her with all of this. Like the chemo would make her throw up often. And one night from the chemo was really tough for her. She was struggling. She woke up, coughed, she would throw up. And I'm waiting for the nurse. And I just see my little girl with mess all over her, crying. After I've spent so long trying to put it to sleep. And you just want her to rest. And I thought to myself, why hasn't someone come up with something to make it easier for us parents to change them? I mean, it's obvious. And I looked online and I was like, no, nope, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. Now, gents, I have never sewn a button or done anything with the sewing machine in my life. And it took me two years. It took me two years to figure out the best way to make a medical garment. But in um, June 2018, I uh, walked back into that hospital holding my little girl's hand on the left and on the right, I'm holding something called the super tee, which is a medical garment disguised as a superhero costume for sick kids. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, um, we, I, I looked at, I looked, was obviously on your, on your super tee website and I was looking at the, the is it Captain America and, um, who's your Wonder Woman. no, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Marvel. <laughs> you got to know the DC Marvel yeah. universes, man. Like, <laughs> it's really bad because I'm a third of a way through a Marvel leg sleeve. Oh, um, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, so um, we'll edit that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's cool. <laughs> Uh, just just before we, we touch on the super tea um jason how how are you and your wife i assume you're married no we we spent the money on ivf we never okay we never so how how, how are you two coping during during the first the early parts of that what was the stress like on it was that's, hard because that's, that's one of the, the biggest causes of people breaking up isn't it you're, sick you're children right. And I really appreciate you saying that because it's something that doesn't get spoken about enough. Um, you're, you're absolutely correct. Parents of children that go through life-threatening conditions have a higher chance of separation yeah. because, let's be honest, you know, it's it's hard. It's hard to love each other when there's so much sadness around. Yeah. yeah. You but know? also, I can imagine lots of rela – we, we've talked a lot about relationships on here and – relationships are almost not destined to, survive, to, to, to make it. And you have to work hard at it. But in your situation, all your effort 
and energy and time is is focused on on Angela, that also yes. the sort of your relationship becomes well, it, it, it's 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 not important that, that you've got one one goal together. And, and you're right, and that's what got us through. I think um, you. <laughs> For those out there that have been separated, for those out there that are newly married that are, are watching this, if you think your relationship is not going to hit tough times, I would seriously question if you are ready for a relationship yet, because um, that is kind of that is where your relationship is put to the test. That's when you see if there is real love, if there is real support, if you are on each other's side. You know, whatever happens inside the house, that that's for you to deal with. But outside the house, you two need to team up. Yeah, you need to be together. You need to have each other's back. And uh, it was hard, man, because I'm, you know, with everything that we went through before, I'm the one that is always. I've got the anxiety. I'm the one that's always thinking, "How about if we do this? Let's check this." I'm the one that's on Google trying to see if there's some sort of cutting edge. Uh, treatment that I've got to know about because if it's out there and it's available, I want to know so I can get my daughter on it because I've got to save my girl. And my partner, she, she was just calm. She was like, let's have an agreement here. We are not going to cry or be sad in front of our daughter. Everything is fine. If you're going to lose it, you go into that hallway and you, you lose it. Yeah. When you walk back in, you're smiling you're joking, you're laughing. Let's give this to her. You know, if, if we're gonna lose if we're gonna lose her, let let her enjoy every moment we can with each other. And it, it it's sad to say this, but it, it's true because she doesn't deserve to have the, the the things that I'm struggling with to pass on to her, man. It's not mm. fair. She's a kid, you know. Um it seems like Seems like such a moment of clarity, though. So you, you you see so many people in these situations. So that's almost like the house is burning down, but you're just stood in the middle, like, yeah, it's fine. We'll we'll get through it. It's not a problem. A absolutely. I, I I say to anyone that has ever been through something like what I've been through, anyone that's ever experienced hospital, you leave hospital with two things. You always leave things uh, with, with these two things. You leave with the fear of always coming back. Yeah. You don't ever want to come back. And the second thing is absolute clarity of what's important in your life. Because you walk in one I, – I, I, gents, if, you, if we were talking before my, my daughter's diagnosis, I was a completely different person. I was focused on my job. I wanted the big house, nice car, this and that, money, money, money. Seeing what my daughter went through, it changed me as a complete person. Like I – I know I honestly think I've got my priority straight because I've been kicked up the ass so hard that mm. it's it's forced me to focus on the on these things because you learn how fragile life is. Yeah. You know the the children's hospital man like it's one of the saddest places on on earth. Um so but there is something that my my partner and I did and I really hope this helps those that are going through a tough time with their partner. This is something that we did that really helped us get through it. We were surrounded by such sadness, such such difficulty that we had to find some way to keep our positivity in some shape or form. So we, we set a challenge for ourselves. 
we said, okay, every day I'm going to text you three things that I'm grateful for. And you're going to text me back three things that you're grateful for. But you can't say the same thing twice. The trick here is that in the first week, you're rolling off your tongue. So yeah. Yeah. the second week, you got stuff. The third week, you're starting to think about, oh, you know, what else can I say I'm grateful for? I can't say this. I've already said that. But that, that lies the mindset shift because now by the fourth week, you're looking for stuff to be grateful yeah, for. Yeah. You get this, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. It's very smart. And so in four weeks, we started to be grateful for this, <laughs> the silliest things. <laughs> Man, like I can't tell you. But Jesus, it helped me because it was like, okay. I've got a choice now. I can be, either be the miserable prick that is always sad and, and uh, you know, moping around and that sort of thing. Or, no, I'm not going to let this, I'm not going to let this just to, to get me down. What's one way that I can say, fuck you back to cancer? I know. I'm not going to let it, I'm not going to let it get in here. Mm. And I'm not going to let it destroy my relationship. And I'm not going to let it take away any happiness or chance of excitement or fun with my daughter. No, you're not going to win. So I turned this fire inside, this hatred, this sadness, this pain. I was like, okay, how can I turn it? And I can do, you know, remember Street Fighter, that video game, you know, how can, <laughs> how can I turn yeah. it into like a, a weapon? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, you know, I've got, I've got to figure out something here. And, and, and that's why I'm so proud of the super tea because, you know, the superhero idea, I got that from my son. They spent a lot of time away from each other, my son and Angela. Um, every time the bags were packed near the front door, he knew he wasn't going to see her for like two, th two, three days. Like he knew at such a young age. Um, but he had all the costumes. He loved superheroes he had all the costumes man it was so easy to buy him presents because anything superhero he would love yeah he comes out of his bedroom dressed as a superhero and uh i'm watching tv and just as a joke i say um ah who are we saving today i remember this so well because he, with a straight face like you know that power pose that that you do when you're a superhero and you're pretending to be one he said his sister's nickname. We have a nickname for her. And I was like, this, like, just in that moment, that's when I discovered something called the alter ego effect. They've actually done studies on this. Sometimes it's got different names. It's got like the Rapunzel effect. It's got, it's called sometimes the Batman effect. It's, it's called uh, the superhero effect, which is when a child dresses up in a costume, they take on the persona. So it's no longer Marco or Martin going in for a scan or surgery. It's now Captain America or Iron Man. And you play along with that and it gives these kids a psychological edge. And that's where the name Super T came from. This has to be a yeah. way that kids can tap into that imagination, that world of fun and play, which hospitals need so much of, man. Yeah. For anyone out there that has some free time, 
because <laughs> there's a lot of dads that I doubt would ever get to watch a movie from the beginning to end. <laughs> uh, I certainly can't without being interrupted or falling asleep. There's a, there's a movie called Life is Beautiful. I don't know if any, any of you have heard of that. It's from Roberto Benini. Write it down, guys. Those listening, you're welcome. Check it out. It's about a dad and his son that get thrown into a concentration camp during the Second World War. Now, for the father, he knows exactly what is happening, the evils that are happening in this concentration camp. But what he's been able to do with his son, he turned it all into a game of hide-and-seek and find his keepers. And that was a way to maintain his child's innocence and get him through and keep him alive during uh, the concentration camp. And I'm not going to give too much away, but when you watch, when you watch this movie – that's what I'm trying to do with these kids. That's the closest way I can describe what I'm trying to do as a, as a charity. Yeah. No. Yeah. And it's, it's, I commend what you're doing. It's, uh, it's uh, to, to take such a, a negative experience and not let that, because we see it so many times So people get you know suffocated by the situation and can't see the wood for the trees and can't, but you've taken a, what's uh, I've never obviously touched with been through a situation like that, but you're taking what, something that is so, you know, soul crushing, I guess, is the best word to describe, and then put, taking that and put it into a, a positive for, for, your, for your own child, but also for thousands of other children. Yeah. So, yeah, we can only commend you for that. Um, so, look, talk to us about the super teeth. So, um, how can people get one? Um, yeah, talk to us a little bit about that. Obviously, we know it's the, it's the, super, the, the, the two. Is it just the two superheroes? Always is there plans to to make more than that? Oh man, these are these are s- such good questions. Um, okay, so the super T. No one wants to wear a hospital gown anymore. I don't know if any of you have been in hospital at all in your life. Yeah. But, um, hospitals, you know, fashion. What we wear, it does make us feel a certain way. You know, Martin, if you were to put a tux on, you know, the first person that's going to come to your mind is, I look like James Bond. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know. You know. <laughs> uh, but, but what we wear changes us. Yeah. yeah. So when you, if you were to see someone walking down the street wearing a hospital gown, you would know straight away that person's not well. Yeah. No kid, no adult wants to wear a hospital gown. So what kids do, they just wear T-shirts. Some kids, depending on, you know, the difficulty and the things and the instruments that they need, they, they, they don't wear nothing. They just wear some shorts. Can you imagine how that feels for the kid? Yeah. Um, so a lot of parents, they would buy these cheap T-shirts, you know, from Primark or what have you, and they'll just, they just cut it off, throw it away, and they'll have a, a supply of them in the bag. So I had to look for a way that is the best way to bypass everything, keep this child covered. And how can I do it in a way that gives it a design? And when I started to form all these relationships in hospitals with, um, with, with nurses and other parents, I got, it gave me great insight as into what's the easiest way to do it. And I tried everything, zippers, buttons, um, shoelace ties, uh, zippers, whatever, Velcro. Small little plastic press studs from the underarms down on either side and over the shoulder was the easiest way to do it. Hmm. And I was like, wow. And they're plastic so they can go through an MRI machine. And the underarms are exposed for the nurses to do their thermometer checks that would wake my daughter up every four hours. Just that alone was, was a game changer because 
you know, a child goes to sleep at night to only be woken up four hours later to do a thermometer check. And these kids are conditioned into thinking that every time a nurse or a doctor comes into that room, am I going to get a needle? Am I going to get hurt? I'm just mm. going to cry to be safe because I don't know. So to be able to keep them asleep when they're getting their temperature checked because they don't need to manipulate their arm to get to the underarm, it's just, it's just a lot easier. So we wanted to also make sure that we invited this child into the world of imaginative play. How can I make this child feel like they're a superhero? It, it kind of sounds strange to say this, but I wanted to create something so cool, so special that it would make healthy kids jealous because sick kids, they deserve that spotlight, man. Mm. One of the toughest things that I deal with as a, as, a, as a CEO now, like I'm no longer in the charity game, uh, I do this full time, is I come across some beautiful stories of how kind and generous and loving people can be to kids. But I also come across some terrible stories, man, of how evil and uh, how hard it can be to, to survive what some of these kids go through. You know, yeah. So these kids and what they must overcome and what they face—they are superheroes, man. They are like uh, I come across some amazing stories of of beating the odds and everything. My daughter's one of them, you know. And, and so when I think about how lucky I am, you know, it's it's they give me the inspiration. It was really easy to write the content to really to really think about. Okay, how can I create this world for them? Because they're already doing it. Let's just mm -hmm. acknowledge that. Um, and, and like, the coolest thing is that it was welcomed by parents. We get what you're trying to do, Jace. We understand. And so when we started the Super Tea, we didn't know how would people react. Is this something that's going to sit on the shelves of gift shops and hospitals that someone might buy for their loved one? No, people, not over 98% of people that have never met the child are just buying these to give them to a yeah. child in hospital. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Like we survive on kindness and generosity. Yeah. It's amazing. So we, I've interviewed quite a number of dads on here. Um, many that haven't been as, as, I don't want to say fortunate with yourself, but where the kids have had cancer and they've died. Um, and one of the, one of the things that they all talk about is um, how strong that the, the, the child was through that. Um, and it was, it was the adults that were the weak ones and they, were, they would look to their children for strength because they have, they were superheroes in that moment. You yes. know, and it's, it's, it's amazing yeah. that, that, that um, the resilience that the children show through moments of, uh, perceived madness i guess a absolutely we learn a lot from our kids don't we like mm. we, we we they're going down a path we've already been on that reminds us sometimes you know and and uh we learn things from our kids um you know we 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 get inspired by them i can't tell you the number of times that i've stuffed up as a dad thinking i could have done something better well mm. perhaps a little bit too harsh um, but it, it always comes from a place of love. I just, you just want your kids to be safe. You want them to be happy and you want them to know that dad's always been there, you know? Um, 
I can honestly say one of the factors, certainly from, from our perspective on how my daughter got her battle of, with Ken was because of, of my partner, Vanessa. Like she would not eat until my daughter ate. She would not sleep until she fell asleep. Uh, she, she would create structure during the day on to keep her mind occupied and keep her playing and laughing. And, and it was just, it was just beautiful to see how, you know, the power of love, like uh, there's a saying, the best cure for any disease is love. One person said to a doctor, Sorry, I'll say that again. Maybe edit that out. <laughs> a doctor said the best cure for any disease is love. And the person replied to the doctor saying, well, what if that's not enough? And the doctor replied saying, then increase the dose. Wow. You know what I mean? It's like, it's so powerful, man. Like I've, I've, I can't tell you like the lengths uh, and the ways people have gone through such hardship, like we are resilient. We, we, you're right. These kids, they are strong. So for them to to give up the fight, it's because they have gone through absolute hell. And you, you know, it's it's just hell hung on a little bit longer. Otherwise, this could this kid would have made it. Yeah. You know, but it's no different from a fall, fallen soldier. They went out fighting, and that's yeah. why I like to acknowledge them as superheroes because they deserve to be remembered. They deserve to be acknowledged. Yeah. You know, uh, we're looking at ways that we can have kids have a moment where the world can acknowledge them, and that's my goal with Super T is for it to develop it as a brand that if you were to ever see a child wearing one in a shopping center or walking down the street, some sort of way that you can say, hey, can – can I have your autograph or something like that? Can you imagine what that would do for a child? Yeah. You know? Do you, do you have one that you can show us? To have? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll show you the old design and I'll show you the new one. Oh, perfect. So this is this is, was one of the first ones that we came out. I'll just put a pin there to sort of show how it works. So it's a cotton garment, non-toxic print. See how those underarms are open? Yeah. Sorry, the camera. Yeah. See those press studs? Those press studs are plastic, so they can go through an MRI machine and they can go through a PET scan machine. Those spaces in between those press studs, just open it up, they allow for all those wires and tubes to come out, depending on what side of the bed they were on. Uh, the shoulder studs, if you've got a breathing tube or feeding tube or you've got a head injury or the kid's asleep, you just pop it off bypasses at all this particular model i'm quite proud of because it, it it came with a cape but when it came time to eat oh wow Pip. <laughs> so um it was all about how can we do how, how can we create something that just helps this child get through their hospital journey you know how can yeah. we make it so comfortable for them but fun as well you know yeah uh, there's not a lot of you know, we wanted it to be colourful, so the um, it came in a it sort of came in a reusable biscuit tin, and it came with a comic book of how these kids became superheroes. Now, before COVID, I'll just put this over here. 
before COVID, I used to be able to go to these hospitals with costume entertainers from our local Comic-Con. And we would pick out the ones that look like they've spent ridiculous money on their, on their costumes, like they've just walked off a movie set. Yeah. And we would train them on what to say. And the story is this. You have given up a day from fighting crime and saving the world to come meet your hero, which is this child. So I want you to imagine hospitals boring for these kids. Time passes very slow. And then there's a knock on the door. And this kid looks up. And we actually have a name for it. It's called The Moment. Kid looks up, <laughs> sees all these superheroes there, like yeah. a room full of them. And then there's that beautiful moment where, like, I've got a, I've got a picture of it, actually, that I love. Um, Captain America comes up. Is your name Marco? I've heard about you. You're that kid that we've heard so much about. I can't believe I'm finally meeting you. My gosh, I'm so happy I finally met you. Hey, guys, we all invited. And it's confusing the child. Marco, I wanted to meet you so bad. Can I have your autograph? Can I have a picture with you? And at some point, the kid's going to say, but you're Captain America. And then Captain America will say, yeah, but you're my superhero. And then that child goes quiet just for a moment. That's what we call the moment. Because what do you think is happening in that moment? Maybe maybe I am. Maybe I am a superhero. Mind blown. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Haven't got this bit yet. Haven't got to the best bit yet. And I'm just conscious of time, gents. Um, I got a phone call a couple of years ago. Um, so the Super T came out in June 2018 and it went Australia-wide um, very, very quickly because you, we went into one hospital and all the other hospitals started um, saying, hey, we'll, we'd love to have some as well. And it was just through donations. So we formed the charity. I, I, I get a phone call and I'm looking after my kids and it's quite noisy in the house and I'm answering the phone. This lady says, oh, hi, Jason. It's it's Kate from blah, 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 blah. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to calm my kids down. And I'm oh, so, sorry, Kate, I missed where you're calling from. Where are you calling from again? Yeah, Kate from the Walt Disney Company. Wow. I had to, I had to sit down, man. And the first thing that went through my mind was, don't say something stupid. <laughs> don't mess this up. Don't swear. Just be professional, you know? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, it would be great to set up a time. Yeah, I'd love to, love to chat. Yeah, not a problem. Recently, we announced our partnership with Marvel, which is under the umbrella of the Walt Disney Company. Yeah. And we launched this because it made sense for us. These kids, they see these superheroes in the, in the movies. They relate to them. And it's interesting with the Marvel characters, as, as with other superheroes, they all have a backstory. They all have a struggle yeah. that they, they, they go through. So these kids can relate to that. Um, but they can also be recognized now as the characters in, in those movies. They can, in, they can embody those characteristics. Yes. And, geez, man, it's, 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 it's been fantastic. We've had Captain Marvel, uh, who's played by Brie Larson. We've had um, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth. Thor. And, and they've given these special messages to these kids. So every time these kids get these care packages, there's a QR code that they can shoot with their phone that takes them to a special message. Wow. And it's just, it's just another level. 
And the reason why that means so much to me is if you remember at the beginning of this podcast where I said I made a promise to my daughter. My partner, she's from, she's from France. She, she, she grew up in Paris. So when Angela was diagnosed, she never met my partner's side of the family. We went back to Paris. We, we went and we took Angela and the kids. We went to Paris. And uh, at the arrival gate, man, it was, just, it was just great to see the family there, you know, mm. and how excited they got when they got to see Angela. And then the next day, I think it was, or the day after, we went straight to, to Disneyland. And just, just being there, you know, there's something about us, you know, certainly for, for me as a dad, when you keep a promise, hey, mm. us dads, we've, we've got to keep our promises because there's a lot of power in that for, for the kids. It's a lesson. It's like, yeah, when dad says he's going to do something, he's mm. going to do it. Yeah. And that, that's the lesson I took from – from that experience it's it's like it was everything i i daydreamed about everything i imagined and it was it was the happiest place on earth at that time and now to be in partnership with the walt disney company you can imagine what the emotional roller coaster i'm yeah. going through man this is a dream come true for me <laughs> yeah so to bring this to the UK, I, I, I would love to bring this to the UK. I, I spent nearly a decade in, uh, in London. I met my partner there. We fell in love. London tends to do that to a lot of people. Um, <laughs> and, I'm uh, off to London, man. <laughs> um, <coughs> and we have a similar health system, don't we, in Australia yeah. in the UK. So w what I would love is – I need, I need two things. I need a hospital willing to accept them, and I need a backer willing to buy them on behalf of the kids for the minimum of a year. The hardest thing is for you to buy a couple, drop them off. One kid gets it, the kid next door doesn't get one and sees that yeah. kid wear it. I've got to have a steady flow into that how much, hospital. How much is that, Jason? So here in Australia, and we haven't quite worked out what it would be to, to get them all over. There is a little bit of a logistics problem. You know, sure. to but here in Australia, to, to purchase one, it's $60. 60 $60. So that's, I don't know what it is at this that's time. £25, I think. I think. Let me just double check. I'm just going to go online now. US. No, it's uh, not US. It's Australian, Australian dollars. Australian dollars. I'd realised that when I wrote, said it. To pound so 34. 34 32 yeah yeah how much I, I don't know what what what's the going rate for good t-shirts these days what what is it yeah about, about the same about the same really yeah, yeah. You buy the quality yeah quality you, you know obviously we're talking quality cotton branded you, yeah you're looking 30 30 40 quid you know, there you, you go. go to Primark, you're looking at ten pounds, but yeah, you know, <laughs> that's, that's cheap. And so yeah, so 30, 34 pounds. Okay. So what I, what I'm hoping for, and and you know, unveiling my plan here, 
I would love to throw or do away with the hospital gown. I think it's served its time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's no longer needed. Thank you very much for, 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 for everything, but we no longer need you. We have something else now. Yeah. And I want to have one available for every time a child has been given bad news. I don't care where they are. With what I went through, I'll, I think that's the one time you need the most kindness. Kindness, guys, kindness is the antidote to suffering. I'm telling you. Yeah. You know, we if we have more kindness in this world, there'll be less suffering. It's very mm. simple. So if I could have one available for every time a child has been given bad news and the parents don't have to pay for it because someone out there listening to this said, you know what, I'll put my hand up. Yeah. Then who knows where this could go because I wanted to go worldwide. And if anyone's listening to this and five years has passed and I'm still in Australia only something wrong has happened. Mm. I've done a very bad job then. Yeah. I I would love to see this enter the UK market, hopefully by the end of this year or beginning of next, I would love to speak to to someone, you know, that that can help me do that. And yeah, you're right. Maybe, Let's not stop there. Maybe you can see different versions, more characters, astronaut version, sporting version. Which which uh, which football team do you guys go for? <laughs> Ignore him. Like, forget what he, he doesn't understand football. That guy. Um, I'm a Man United fan. Okay. Um, I'm a Liverpool fan. Okay. <laughs> what about yourself? Can you imagine a Gunners version? In other words, you know. No. So. <laughs> No. <laughs> They've been put through enough, the children. Come on, come on. <laughs> love it, love it. Um, look, honestly, Jason, this is this is really something I'd love to get involved with, and I'd love yeah. to be able to try and help you out with this. Um, we so the first the first year of setting this up, we did we actually didn't do too much charity work because. COVID sort of restricted everything that we could do when we first started it. But we, we were raising money for Calm, which is campaigning it's living miserably. It's a charity that uh, fights suicide. So we did a couple of things for that. Um, but this year, I was talking to Martin the other day about wanting to do a bit more this year. Um, and look, we'd love to get behind this. I, I know quite... I own my own recruitment business. I I have a, I know a number of other wealthy recruitment owners um, who would also love to put some money into this sort of thing as well. So, look, we'll let, let us help you how we can. Uh, yeah. we'd love to get involved. Us, I mean, whatever promotional videos, links or anything like that that you have, you know, certainly give to us. <laughs> Yeah, I mean our our Facebook page. So that was up at like four and a half thousand. But my friend, my friend donated a Facebook page to me at the weekend, which has one hundred twenty thousand followers on it as well. So um, we'd love to put that out to all. We'll put it out to all those people. So hopefully we can we can we can do something and yeah. help you out with this. I'd love, yeah, I'd, love, I'd love I'd love to be involved with this definitely. I, I well, first of all, thank you. That that would be amazing. But I, I can't say enough about how never underestimate what parents can do, man. Like we all, we all care about the same thing, you know, any parent, that's it. It, We just, mate, you've, you've, I've I've had to hold back the tears. I've got two little girls and I, I just, I couldn't imagine like, you know, I'm sitting here listening to you and you're talking about how strong you've been. And I'm just sitting in my head going, Man, I'd crumble. Yeah, I'd, I, you know, I'd say my, my daughter had a double ear infection. 
and I had to take her and had to hold her down while she got an, a, an injection to take blood. I bawled my eyes out. It was the yeah. worst thing I've ever had. That the scream resonates. It's that there. sounds. That's it. Yeah. It would never disappear. My, my my dad passed away from cancer two and a half years ago. Sorry to hear that, man. Um, and 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 I, I had to go. You know, and and this is my dad. This is this is somebody that's that's that's, that's above me. You know, he was he was my idol, and. I had to go through taking him to chemotherapy, radiotherapy. So, so whilst it's a different, it's a different area. It's you know, it's a different relationship. I, I can, I can empathise with some of the pain. But if I, if you asked me to flip that round, and I, we were very positive and supportive and stuff. So, you know, but that's my dad. I, the expectation is I'm going to outlive my dad. That, that's 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 just your standard. So it was it was easier to be positive with it. But if you like me to flip that around with my children now, I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, like, yeah. I'm, I'm here clapping you, like, under the te- like, literally just like, wow. So, yeah. it, it, this, this, you know, super team will resonate, with, you know, it must resonate with a lot of parents. It's that I don't want to ever have to go through what you've gone through, and, 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 mate, how you're still here smiling and seem so positive. It's, I, I can't. Can't yeah. you enough. Oh, look, uh, yeah, I'm I'm still battling demons, mate. I, I I still have a lot of things I need to clean up and 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 make peace with in my head, um, and it, it has shaken me a lot. Um, the fact that I still have my partner and I've got three kids, like I I feel very lucky. I feel very blessed. You do make some friendships in in the hospital that, unfortunately, they've had a different outcome, which makes you yeah. feel really you know, sad for them and, and you feel guilty sometimes. It's like, well, why, why them? And why, what made us so lucky and that sort of thing. So you count your blessings. But I think I finally, well, first of all, I'm a tradie. So I think this is a win for, you know, <laughs> the tradie dads that have no tertiary education. I've got, you know, got, very little money behind me, that sort of thing. So I, I, I think I found something that in my life that is really good, that is bringing a lot of good to the world. And I think for me as a man, as a father, that's the best thing I can do with my life. You know, I'm going to dedicate my life to this uh, because I, I see the good that it comes out of it. Um, I, I love the fact that I won an Australian Good Design Award, which is given to to, to those um products or, or, you know, those items that are created that, that really make a, a, a difference, uh, certainly in Australia. And, and it won that award because of social impact, like the impact it has on the child, the family, yeah, yeah. the parents, the, the, the friends around it, the nurses who get to play along and everything that like, it's, it's just, it's just good. But I think to answer your question, Martin, um, the most dangerous animal, in the world. I really believe this. If I was to ask you, gents, what's the most dangerous animal in the world? What would you say? Marco, are you first? Um, I don't know. Us? Uh, yeah, us probably. Yeah. Humans. Someone more dangerous than, than, than humans is a parent protecting their child. Well, yeah. Mate, yeah. do anything. Yeah. Do anything. Yeah. 
No, hundred percent. My little lad came out of nursery on Friday, like on Friday, with a cut on his eye. Some little kid had hit him in the oh, face. Oh, you were ready. You were ready to smack on, weren't you? <laughs> you were learning, yeah. uh, I mean, like little kid smack Mark. I've, I've never, I've never kicked a four-year-old before, but yeah, <laughs> came close. <laughs> 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 it's, it's funny because I, I had this comment to, talking to my friend Daryl, who was his, his little kid got smacked by his. He, I think he was six, and his, his little kid got hit at school by another six year old. He was straight around the parents' house. He was like, "Right, where's the dad?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah mate. Honestly, you don't you don't ever miss. Yeah, with, uh, yeah. Especially, mate. Oh, I tell you, no. Yeah. Well, look, um, wrap it up, Jason. Where can where can people find you? Where can people find the T-shirts? Let, let yes. people know. So, unfortunately, um, at, at least at the moment, we can only distribute within Australia. We're looking to establish somewhere in the UK because when you're dealing with hospitals, certainly in the medical industry, you want to make sure that everything's all set up over there so we can't send anything to the UK, um, yeah. at, at least at the moment. So, I mean, if we were able to, to, um, to, to, to pull some miracles out of the bag, uh, I, I, I think that we could turn that around quite quickly. Mm -hmm. But if you could visit us on our socials, so on Facebook, it's, it's uh, Super T, Super uh, and T-double-E, one word. Um, the Super T Project, we called it a project in the beginning. That's on Instagram. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, so check me out. Uh, connect with me. I'm trying to grow my network and uh, YouTube as well, or visit us at supert.org.au. You'll, you'll find us there. Um, check us out. Let us know your thoughts. I, I love hearing from people. If you've got a story that you want to share, please send it. Like We've got a bit of a community as well of parents or who are parents of sick kids that we've created because of COVID. Um, you're welcome to join. If, uh, if there's a parent out there that lives that hospital life with their child, um, come meet other parents. We exchange ideas and hospital hacks and the humor can be a bit, you know, inappropriate, which I, which I love. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, you know, you're welcome to, 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 to join, but really lads, I can't thank you enough for having me on. I, I appreciate everything you're doing. I, I, the first thing that caught me was the title of your podcast. Yeah. Oh, I would love to know a little bit about that, but maybe that's for another time. But uh, well, yeah, mate, well, I think we think having you back on at some point um, is 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 a is a must. Um, you've you've blown you've blown me away. Like I just yeah, I'm I'm, I'm absolutely blown away with it. So uh, you know, I know from my side, I'm and I'm sure Marcus there would love to have you back. Uh -huh. You know, we're 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 passionate about helping where we can, um, and you know that's what this... I'm literally just sat here thinking about how I can how I can raise money. Like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so this was, was born out of, yeah. you know the, the podcast was born out of trying to help help people. Um, yeah. you know, mental health is is a massive thing these days, and and the stigma of of men not talking about mental health and about the problems that we suffer, and we do. Um, you know, and there's been such a stigma that. You'll be all right. Man up. You know, what a great saying. Yeah. It's always been used for sure. Man up. And we were like, do you know what? We can talk about these things. We can we can connect. And there's, there's people that are like, you know, that, that, that share the same 
dilemmas and, and problems in life. And that's where this came across. And it's took, it's took a big journey, hasn't it, Marco? Mm. It's certainly, you know, we're on a massive learning curve. But yeah. to get behind, you know, we're both dads. We're all dads. And, and you know, this, this has hit home. I'll, so, I'll tell you, I'll, once, I, once I, I, I finish the end broadcast, I'll tell you the story of how I started. Just, just I've told this story so many times on this podcast. I don't want to bore people to death with the, with the same thing. Um, but, yeah, I'll tell you that story in a second. Um, but, look, let, let's, let, we'll, we'll wrap this up here. Um, appreciate you coming on, Jason. And I'll, I'll, obviously, I'll put all your links to the socials and the website and all that stuff in the, in the bio and that sort of stuff. Um, I've, but, I've yeah. just sent you a link on LinkedIn. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. So yeah, no, we'll stay in touch, and uh, hopefully we can we can contribute, and you know, if we can help, if we can help you get one T-shirt to one child, mm. you know, so we'll, we'll easily do that. We'll easily yeah. do that. Yeah. You know. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, guys. Yeah. Love to be back.